Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You know, I forgot to brag about myself earlier. Yeah, uh, during the second press conference of the day, there was a, a Spanish-language news station, a reporter asking questions in Spanish, and there's a spokesperson for the Salt Lake City School District, Yandri Chatwin, who you've heard on this program a number of times. Uh, she responded in Spanish, and oh my gosh, what, what, what you know, the highest of likelihoods is that if you're listening to KSL News Radio at this very moment, uh, you are probably an English speaker and an English speaker only. Well, don't worry, I've got your back. I uh, was able to to translate that on the fly. It felt it felt pretty good. I uh, was a, was a missionary years ago for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and I, I learned Spanish uh, in Mexico. And I am very very rusty, and it was uh, probably a very amateurish translation. Uh, but I think I, I think I got the message across. If you heard that, uh, let me know. Evaluate my Spanish translation uh, abilities. Five seven five zero zero is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, again, five seven five zero zero. I had a conversation this morning. Before the the program began, I spent uh, some time on the phone with uh, President of the Navajo Nation, President Nez. Uh, He and I, uh, we talked about a number of things. And and the reason I called him was because just yesterday, about this time, it was revealed that for the first time since March, the Navajo Nation uh, was able to report zero new cases of COVID-19. I wanted to hear uh, how the the president felt. In fact, I I started that conversation. I asked him, what does this mean? How does this uh, zero case day, the first since March, how does it make you feel? We are are thankful for the Navajo people adhering to the public health uh, protocols that have been issued by leadership. And I want to commend our Navajo citizens for their hard work through this pandemic. Uh, it is them that should be commended, but we are not uh, out of this pandemic yet. As you know, there are no uh, vaccines. And also we are uh, wanting to make sure that we prepare ourselves for the possible second wave, as you may have heard. Public health professionals have said that there may be uh, a rise in cases come winter, and with the combination of the flu and COVID-19, that could be uh, a deadly combination. 
you heard the president there mention two things uh, in his response. For, well, he said a number of things. Uh, I want to highlight two of them in particular. He talked about a vaccine. Right now we need to move in. He, uh, you know, leading the Navajo Nation, says that he and the nation need to be very cautious as they move forward. It is certainly a time for celebration in that the, the numbers right now in terms of positive cases are so low. Uh, but he fears a second wave. And the uh, and without uh, a vaccine, he says, uh, you know, we need to proceed with uh, an abundance of caution. He also talked about the compounding factor of uh, the flu season uh, fast approaching. So when he said those two things, they, they stuck out in my mind. And I want to readdress them in just a moment. And I do with uh, the president. But we talked about some other things first. First off, uh, this has to do with uh, the, the economy, uh, business restrictions uh, in this new state of, uh, well, zero uh, cases. I, I believe that today they, they have had some cases, but yesterday uh, reporting only zero. Again, the first time since March, an indicator of great progress. Uh, in fact, they have over the past two weeks seen uh, a positive trend moving away from uh, you know the, the very high number of infection rates that we had uh, so sadly observed in the Navajo Nation uh, over the past few months, uh, one of the hardest hit areas in the United States. But what does that mean uh, when we look to open businesses or specifically when uh, Navajo Nation businesses uh, look to reopen? What's the criteria? Uh, the, the president discussed that. Well, we need to, again, back to our public health uh, recommendations, 14 days of decline. Of course, we are looking at our data uh, of our curve. And right now, we reopened our Navajo Nation government in orange status. So we have four uh, stages. One is red, meaning, you know, it's uh, high cases. And orange, you know, we're we're being very, uh, very cautious. The next is yellow, which uh, lifts some of the restrictions and to allow uh, other businesses to fully or half uh, 50% to, to be open. And, of course, green, is it's, it looks good for, for everybody to reopen. So I had asked about the criteria being used to, to, to reopen and to move uh, you know, in the positive direction in terms of this color coding thing. And his answer was two weeks of positive trending, two weeks of moving away from uh, you know, the high case counts. But, but the reason they have not moved away from orange right now, even though they have experienced those two weeks, is because of this fear of, uh, well, Labor Day. The, the long Labor Day weekend is a time uh, you know, where people get together, and holidays in the past, at least as has been observed at the Navajo Nation, have given way to a spike. And so if there is no spike, the nation will reevaluate. Uh, if there is, they're going to hold uh, the line right now and stay at orange, maintaining these. Uh, they have weekend lockdowns. Uh, the, only a poor fraction of businesses are open. And uh, so that's the situation right there. Now, the conversation kind of took a turn towards the end there. I asked, uh, because he had mentioned earlier the flu uh, season coming. I asked him about vaccines. I asked if he would be encouraging members of the nation to get flu shots uh, and if there is already access to these vaccinations. Here's his response. Well, I am encouraging our healthcare facilities to offer flu shots right now throughout the Navajo Nation. Uh, the choice is up to the individual to uh, get the flu shot. And we're not going to mandate people to get the flu shot, but uh, we are going to have that available uh, and get it out to those who want it. Yeah. Soon. 
Will you be getting a flu shot yourself, President? No, I've never gotten a flu shot in many years. Um, um, you know, I'm, I, I consider myself uh, uh, healthy. You know, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm a plant-based eater, and that's another thing that we are. We should have a discussion uh, nationwide or worldwide. I mean, we don't hear about um, building up your immune system as much as we should. You know, I mean, if this is a virus. If you are able to. Uh, strengthen your immune system by physical activity and eating good foods, you are less prone to some of these viruses because your body is able to fight fight it off and keep it out. And, you know, um, I'm one of those individuals that uh, don't uh, really put any foreign chemicals into into my body. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, if, if I need to be a model, of leadership for people to take the to take the uh, uh, the flu shot, then maybe I'll reconsider. President of the Navajo Nation, there, letting me know that he uh, has never and does not plan currently on uh, getting a flu shot. That he has relied on his uh, physical fitness and his diet and his lifestyle uh, to maintain the immune system that he feels is sufficient to combat the flu. Uh, I have to take a break right now, but we then. Uh, the president of the Navajo Nation, Jonathan Nez, he and I, we discussed a COVID-19 vaccine. And if he would take that himself, if he would administer it to his family. I'll share with you that portion of the conversation next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Wrapping up the last segment, I want to share with you the, the final exchange between myself and President Nez, President Jonathan Nez of the Navajo Nation. The, the reason I called the president this morning was just yesterday... The Navajo Nation, for the first time since March, was able to boast of zero new COVID-19 cases. They uh, had no positive cases uh, yesterday. I believe that there are some today, but yesterday, uh, zero for the first time since March. I wanted to hear uh, how how the, the president felt about that and what it means going forward. Will restrictions be lifted? Will the risk level be changed? Will anything happen differently? Uh, and how did they go about uh, bringing the case count down to zero, at least the positive uh, daily case count down to zero as they did just yesterday. And we had a fine conversation, uh, but then we discussed uh, we discussed vaccines, specifically uh, first the flu shot and then uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. I asked the, the president if he would be encouraging members of the Navajo Nation to be getting vaccines. And he answered in an interesting way. He said, uh, not yes, uh, he said that what he would be doing is encouraging uh, medical providers to make available to members of the Navajo Nation the the flu vaccine. And that ultimately, uh, should they decide to get the vaccine or not, would be a decision left up to them. But uh, but in fact, that he would not be necessarily encouraging members. I then asked him uh, if he himself intended to get uh, a a vaccine, uh, a flu shot. uh, And he said no. He said no, but he's he's not closed down. He hasn't had one in his life. He said no, and I haven't been one uh, to get one over the years. uh, I'm I'm a runner, and I eat a plant-based diet, and uh, that's what he told me in response. Uh, He did, though, say that should his example need to be followed, should uh, a a situation arise where he needs to be uh, a leader by example, that he would consider uh, a flu shot and potentially change his mind. But then I got curious about the COVID-19 vaccine. I asked him, uh, what about the COVID-19 vaccine? If it was safe and effective, would you yourself, President, uh, get vaccinated for COVID-19? 
No, I think there's, um, based on what I saw in the news last night, you know, uh, there are questions about the vaccine out there and the clinical trials. And uh, these companies are now saying that they don't want to rush a vaccine, even though they're getting pressured by the White House. And so I think for, for all of us, you know, we have to make sure that any type of vaccine uh, doesn't have long-term damaging effect to the body. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks that. I'm sure many others throughout this country would want to wait um, to see what happens because, as you know, viruses and vac- uh, vaccine for viruses uh, do improve through other testings, and um, I'm, I'm even open to uh, having our Navajo citizens, those that want to, to be a part of these uh, vaccine clinical trials on the Navajo Nation. So there you have the, the president's response to a COVID-19 uh, vaccine. You can interpret that how you want. Uh, it seems uh, to me that he is communicating uh, uh, a certain level of skepticism about the efficacy and even safety of not just the potential COVID-19 vaccine, but also uh, the, the flu shot. And I just I wonder what the attitude is uh, amongst the, the Navajo Nation at large uh, about vaccines. My, my personal beliefs are, well, I'll tell you this, after, after that part of the exchange there with President Nez, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, Lee, let me ask you a question now. What do you think about vaccines? Will you be getting a, a vaccination? And I said, listen, I'll tell you up front uh, 100% that my intention this flu season is to get a, a flu shot and on the issue of a COVID-19 vaccine that when when the, the time comes and it is available, I uh, absolutely will uh, be getting a flu, uh, a COVID-19 vaccine should the FDA deem it safe and effective. And uh, with that FDA approval, I will also encourage my wife and uh, and bring my young little 10-month-old baby to get one if it is all uh, cool and copacetic and safe. Uh, and I also said, and I'll take you one step further, I have even, and I've told you this on the air before, I have even made it known to some of these drug companies that if they're looking for someone here in Salt Lake City uh, to be injected with a potential vaccine for a test case, uh, that I am more than willing. I've got veins to fill. Let me know, and I'll report for duty. Uh, and so in terms of a vaccine, I am very much pro. Uh, I am pro flu shot, and I uh, have no doubt that once a COVID-19 vaccine makes its way appropriately through uh, the evaluative process and ultimately receives uh, an approval uh, for safety and efficacy by the FDA, uh, that that will be uh, a fine and safe product, and I will have no problem injecting myself with it, nor uh, my family. Uh, I think a doctor will do it, though. I don't think I'll be injecting myself. Uh, all right, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to take so much time on the wrap-up of that topic because what I want to talk to you about next is something that just yesterday uh, got me very excited. I started the day. I looked down at my phone, and there are about 3 trillion little alerts on my phone, each one of them uh, informing me that President Donald John Trump has been nominated again to be the recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize in 2021. Fascinating, right? And so you ask yourself, okay, well, how how does he possibly qualify for that? I I told you that he'd been nominated twice. In 2018, it was for uh, traveling to North Korea, interacting uh, with uh, the the leader there. And was that a move towards peace? Is that something uh, warranting of, of the Nobel Peace Prize? You ask me? Absolutely yes. 
Absolutely yes. No, I don't think it legitimizes this uh, this hermit kingdom. No, I don't think so at all. I think it puts them on notice. Absolutely, I think it does. And that is what has happened in the fallout from that. So uh, I think he deserved it in 2018. He's been nominated now uh, by a member of the Norwegian parliament, uh, a gentleman whose name I'm not going to even attempt to uh, pronounce. It's got some letters next to one another that uh, my English language speaking mind has not prepared me to pronounce Christian, though, is his first name. Christian, uh, and then you know some Norwegian last name. He has uh, nominated the president. He, he was also the the parliamentarian who uh, nominated the president in 2018. Has nominated him again for uh, what transpired uh, between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. All of that being arranged by the Trump administration. What, what, what's the deal? Well, very simply, uh, they're on they're on speaking terms again. There may be some tourism travel back and forth. Uh, there are some diplomatic talks, uh, embassies to be opened uh, in the respective regions. Uh, it was a very positive thing. Very, very positive. And if you are able to look at this situation in terms of that deal alone, if you, if you somehow are able to uh, you know, disregard, put out of your mind uh, anything that has offended you uh, by, by President Trump, if you look at it uh, specifically and singularly at that deal struck in the Middle East, uh, I, I, you can't honestly say that he's not deserving uh, of the Peace Prize. Now, if there is if there's someone else that comes in the next little stretch of time that uh, outshines uh, that act, fine. But right now, uh, that's the high score. That's the score to beat. Uh, and that's the way I see it. President Donald Trump, I believe, is deserving of the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, there has been reaction from Utah's uh, federal delegation. I have received some of that, and I intend to share it with you after the break here. Also, we'll be joined by Congressman Rob Bishop to get his reaction on this. Does Donald Trump deserve a Nobel Peace Prize? I say yes. What do you say? 57500, which is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Let me know. Next up, Rob Bishop and reaction from the rest of the delegation on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.